This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Fern Nullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance. At first, it sounds good, but the longer you are in the relationship, the more questions and more doubts come to your mind. Never quite the same when you have to pick up their dirty socks and see their face with no makeup on in the morning, all of that kind of thing. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle, but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to. It's not because he's bad, it's not because you did something wrong, it's just distance and time. And time and distance makes us different people. Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So, without further ado, let's get into you. We can just jump right in if you're happy. Yeah, let's do it. Welcome to a nice big slice of dating advice here on Into You. Today is the second in our two-part series on long-distance relationships. Last time we chatted to Grace, who shared her story of nightmare long-distance love when she discovered that perhaps there were three people in her relationship. His ex-girlfriend texting me saying she's his fiance. And Leon and Kiyomi, who told us how they have managed to make their international dating go the distance. When you love someone, you can do things that you totally didn't expect. Today, we turn to science to have its say on long-distance relationships as I chat to psychologist, relationship coach and family therapist Eleanor Semenek. Eleanor tells us what the hardest part of being in an LDR is from a psychological point of view. Our own expectations are our enemies. And shares her six stages of a long-distance relationship. This is the worst stage. This is just a terrible stage. Some couples would break up on this stage because this is something that they did not expect from the beginning. But first off, I was keen to find out if there was a certain type of person who might be more drawn to having a partner who lives such a long way away. Usually people who had an emotionally unavailable parent or both parents are drawn more to this type of relationships. And maybe a parent was absent physically. Maybe the child went through the divorce of their parents. Maybe a parent was working a lot or maybe a parent was sick. Alcoholic parents also fall into this category of emotionally unavailable parents. So when a child was raised by a parent who was not there for them, the child learned that you have to struggle in order to receive love. Love equals pain. You need to overcome lots of challenges. And person would look for these challenges when he grows up. So if a person meets somebody, you know, on the street, somebody who is close physically, those 
type of relationships would be boring for that person. The person is looking for something that brings more emotions, like a roller coaster. And of course, long distance relationship is something that do bring lots of feelings and passion, but it's all about struggles and pain in most of the cases. You talk about challenges there. And is there something in our psychology that makes relationships which are more challenging seem more appealing to us? Not for everyone. People who were raised in a healthy family, they know that romantic relationship brings joy and happiness. Let's say uh, we have a couple who live together maybe for a few months and then one of the partners received a, a job offer in another city. But they will make an arrangement how they can move together to a different city. So their long-distance relationship won't be long. So this uh, long-distance relationship exists uh, for, you know, all people. But depending on the personality, depending on the childhood trauma, the reason why people end up in those relationships and why they stay longer is different. People meet online. They do not even see each other in person. They fall in love with somebody that they see through the screen, somebody that they don't know, and they create an image in their head about that person, an image about the possibility of future love. And that's of course, creates challenges. That, of course, creates drama, some passion. So a person is falling in love with his image that he has not with a real person. A true love brings true emotions. And when they say true, it means negative feelings that they have to overcome. Something that occurs to me just listening to you speak about that is a lot of times when we look at media, we see relationships which are full of struggle. Can that kind of play a part in what we think love should look like as well? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And also, the healthier we are, the different movies we're going to like. <laughs> so the people who went through their like trauma in their childhood, they would fall in love with the stories that has breakups, that has fights. They would like the stories about toxic relationship when uh, like the person at the end uh, realize uh, that their spouse is the best in the world and you know change his uh, behavior and fall in love and they live happily ever after <laughs> people from a healthy family would talk to their partner they would try to solve their difficulties or conflicts right away they're not gonna suppress their feelings they're not gonna assume they would do something to resolve the issue that they might have so we can learn a lot about ourselves through what we kind of like to consume in terms of books and movies perhaps yes absolutely you can check name maybe five movies that you like and see if there is any similarity in those movies and probably you will see the similarity so this is your kind of pattern your blueprint the way you look at life the way you like to build your relationship it's not only with your partner, but with your friends, with your parents, at work. So it's all connected. I know that you've spoken about long distance relationships and how they kind of evolve and develop through these different stages. Could you talk us through your six stages of a long distance relationship? How does it unfold? The first stage is called we can do it stage. Usually it lasts about four weeks, but the time is just approximate. Both partners believe that they can go through long distance relationship. They call each other every day. They send texts, videos, pictures. They share everything what's happening in their life. Mm. Then the second stage is called first doubts. 
usually at this stage feelings are not as strong as before a partner might not reply as fast as before or the phone conversation gets shorter the partner might turn off his video all these actions that brings doubts the biggest problem on this stage is your friends because the friends will tell you like see you should not trust him or she's probably cheating on you they might say you know you're such a cool girl you deserve someone better you should start having fun a person might end up in a situation like no one understands me i believe in my couple i believe in my partner but i'm alone those doubts it's like they're here yes i can see that you know he's not picking up the phone but maybe he's busy so at this stage a person would find a million of reasons and excuses for their partner in order to keep their hope that their love will continue and maybe there are maybe there are some reasons i'm not saying that it's the end of the relationship but this is the stage which is called first doubts Mm -hmm. The third stage is called the stage of loneliness and emptiness. At this stage, the person feels sad, disappointed, lonely. The person might blame themselves or the partner for the situation or for not calling back, for not uh, saying goodbye every night. So this is the worst stage. This is just terrible stage when the person is going through a very, very rough time. Some couples would break up on this stage because this is something that they did not expect from the beginning. From the beginning, they thought that, you know, they will be able to overcome any difficulties that they have. And then suddenly the stage number three switches with the stage number four, which is called the reconnection stage. And the person decides, okay, I must see my partner. Like I have to go and I will borrow money or I will take my savings account. I will buy a ticket. I will take a car, take a bus, whatever it takes. And usually this is a very, very good stage because couple feel great. They're happy to see each other. The feelings of love and passion comes back. And the couple have a wonderful journey of togetherness. They are together. They can touch each other. They can see each other, smell each other. <laughs> they have passionate sex. Uh, sexual energy is in the air. So the feelings that we can do it, our love is stronger than the distance comes back. But not for all couples. Some couples might realize that they are different people because time brought something that they did not expect. And sometimes a person might come to see his spouse and realize that the feelings are not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And something is wrong, something is missing. The partner might be not as gentle and passionate as they expected. And for some couple, this might be the stage of another disappointed, and it might be the end of their love. So let's come back to the couple that were able to get spark back. And this couple will go to stage number five, which is loss of trust. And this is the stage similar to the first doubt stage. But the difference is that right now, doubts are coming from inside, not from friends, not from family, but the person inside is wondering what is happening. Am I wasting my time? Is he or she really the one? Can we go through this? Do I really need it? So this is a stage when a person 
is going to take a very difficult decision. Usually at this stage, a person begins to notice that other people are flirting with them. So it's very, very hard when you have some people who are inviting you for a date and they're like next to you, close to you. Mm -hmm. And you say no, because you're hoping that your partner who is far, far away still loves you. And you're hoping that your love is still there. And then the last stage is called cheating and breakup or serious commitment. They start cheating on each other. They um, angry at each other. They might not find a new partner, but they still break up because uh, time creates lots of misunderstandings and people are not the same. We are changing every day. Mm -hmm. Something is happening inside of us and uh, today we're not the same as we were yesterday. But couples who do realize that that's it, we need to figure out our future plans. They start planning their vacations together, their holidays together. They are planning who is going to move where, or maybe both of them are going to move to a completely new place. So at this stage, couples should make an important decision of reconnection. Goodness. It's so <laughs> funny that we were talking about movies because that just sounds to me like the blueprint of every rom-com I've ever, <laughs> I've ever watched. Oh, yeah. But remember, in the movie, if there's no drama, if there's no pain, nobody's going to like this movie. But in life, do you really want to go through struggles? Because I know people who spend years, years, years in long distance relationships and years it's like i know a woman who spent seven years waiting for, for her man and when she finally met him she realized that it's completely different person seeing person in a real life is a different story it's not the same as seeing him through the small tiny screen on your phone. And so why do you go from the first stage where everything's wonderful and you're saying we can do it to stages two and three, the first doubts and the emptiness and loneliness, which just sound like horrific stages. Why do couples drift apart like this in long distance relationships so near the beginning? There are lots of reasons. Two main reasons that I see is time difference, because usually people, when they move to a different coast or a different country, they live in a different time zone. So when one person is going to sleep and would like to chat and say goodnight, another person is waking up. So they're in a different schedule. They cannot share the same feelings, the same emotions, because one person wants to share his day and another person just waking up and has some plans. So they're on a different mood and they do not resonate with each other. And the second, of course, physical distance. The longer people are apart from each other, the harder it is to save their life. Physical distance is an enemy to long distance relationship. We can touch our partner, we can smell our partner, we can sit together and watch TV, we cannot go for a walk in the park. Physical distance is something that we can't deal with. You've brought up a few things there, the difficulty to connect physically, the lack of intimacy and all of those kind of things. So from a psychological perspective, what would you say is the hardest thing about being in a long distance relationship with someone? In most cases, when people say long-distance relationship, usually it means that they have never seen each other. So when two people know each other and they have to be apart for some time, usually it's not long. It's a short period of time, maybe a few weeks or a few months. But when people meet online and create, again, fantasy in their head and they fall in love with this fantasy. So the hardest thing is their own expectations. Mm. They have lots of expectations that's hard to fulfill. And when they meet or when they are trying to deepen their relationship, they 
face the problem that the person is not what they expect him or her to be. So our own expectations our enemies. It's kind of setting yourself up for a fall because nobody is ever going to match up to those expectations because they're kind of unrealistic. And also, you know, when the person is talking to you on the phone, the person would show the best side of themselves, right? <laughs> so the person would be nice. The person is not going to call you when he or she is in a bad mood. Usually he's <laughs> not going to call you. But when you live with a real person, especially if you live together, you can see all the qualities, bad and good one. You can see the person's strong qualities and weaknesses you will see a person in different moods so it's completely different so when you're talking to a person through the screen you can see only one side of the person and you expect that this person is going to be a prince or it's going to be like a perfect woman without flaws and these expectations are harmful for the relationships yeah it's never quite the same when you have to pick up their dirty socks and see their face with no makeup on in the morning all of that kind of thing exactly when you go to the toilet and you see the ring is up and you <laughs> down and you see it's like you know splashes all around not so romantic <laughs> the illusion is shattered exactly exactly but when you look through the camera you see okay this guy he doesn't poop he's perfect Eleanor's point about building up a fantasy of a person inside your own mind was something which struck me that could be a feature of pretty much any romantic relationship to one degree or another. I was interested to find out the early signs that others had spotted in their partners, which confirmed that they were only human after all. So, as is the protocol of most scientific studies in 2021, I put out a post on social media, and here are a selection of my favourite answers. This sentence reads... I first realised my partner wasn't 100% perfect when... Dot, 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 finish the sentence. This is going to be a juicy one. Kathy, we went away camping together and he forgot the tent. <sighs> yeah, that's kind of an integral piece of kit there, Kathy. Eric, she opened her wardrobe and it started raining shoes. Ooh, rookie mistake. Always keep the shoe cupboard a secret. Clara, she'd leave boxes of chocolates out, but they'd always be empty. Oh, that is torture, Clara. And Kevin, I first realised my partner wasn't 100% perfect when she politely declined a second date with me. I mean, we all make fatal mistakes from time to time, don't we, Kevin? Eleanor had hit on a concept which seemed to come up time and time again in dating. This idea that love is somehow superior if it involves a major struggle. The rocky road to happiness and the roller coaster of emotional highs and lows she described certainly did sound like an awful lot to cope with, especially when taking a leap of faith with someone whose hand you have no hope of physically holding onto in the freefall. Still, I was curious to know what might be the best way of dealing with all of this in a practical, productive fashion which might spare you from going completely insane. You need to find the hobby. You need to find something that you're going to like and something that will take your time and something that will bring you positive emotions. 
So if you cannot see your partner instead of, you know, going through different thoughts, what is he doing? Can I believe him or is he with someone else? So instead of going through these crazy thoughts, find something that you like. Go to yoga, read books, join some cooking class, <laughs> sign up for the new course, even online, you know, find something that will bring joy and happiness to your life. And this is usually very, very helpful. And also with the partner, try to be involved in your partner's life as much as possible. Try to be part of his life. So ask him about uh, uh, his day, about uh, like specific questions when the partner is telling you something. So how was it for you? Did you like it? So be more involved in his or her life send pictures, send videos of what's happening with you. Even if you're walking in the park, you know, take a video of yourself walking in the park and send it to your partner. So try to make it as realistic as possible. This, of course, helps because we need to bring reality into the long distance relationship. Show a bit of that behind the scenes that you don't necessarily otherwise see. Yes, yes, yes. Usually you're not going to send your partner your office or the picture of your house or the picture of the tree behind your house. (laughs) But in this situation, you do because the partner cannot see these things. The partner cannot imagine maybe the new funny hat that you bought so you know take a pictures make a funny faces and send it to your partner don't just rely on the ones on social media because they'll probably be very curated as well thank you for mentioning that because this is a very good point make your pictures real don't make them for instagram you know your partner needs to see you not somebody else So even send some pictures, maybe without the makeup, find a cute one. Without makeup, you can make a cute picture too. (laughs) So take a picture outside, not like in a glamour magazine, but something that the partner can see the true you, uh, the true emotions. No filter. No filter. The partner will fall in love with you, not with the image that you present or the image that he created in his head. And so what do you think are some of the most important factors or qualities that might go into building a successful long distance relationship, one that actually works? This is a good question and the hard one. (laughs) I believe that there are lots of factors that affect long distance relationship. It's more about time and the length of long distance relationship. Even in a super healthy couples, the longer people stay apart, the harder it is for their relationship. And what are some of the practical things that you can do to create more intimacy and connection with your partner despite having so much distance between you? Virtual intimacy can be great, can be fun for a short period of time, but it's not going to be the only thing that you should do and can be you know, 100% sure that your couple is okay. You need to bring more emotions into your relationship. In order to keep the spark, maybe you can bring up the memories of uh, when you were together. Maybe you can make some jokes, even some sexual jokes, inside jokes, something that only you and your partner knows about. Give each other compliments. Be supportive. Bring emotional support to your partner. Be gentle and kind to your partner. Because when we talk on devices, we are missing lots of body language. And usually body language is important because when you're in a real relationship and you see your partner comes home, you see that he's angry. You know, okay, he's angry. I need to give him space. 
but on the phone, um, you usually don't see this uh, part of your husband. You don't see his mood before he starts talking. But the part that we just can read and catch by looking at our partner without even talking to him is very important. So try to be as much kind as possible. Remember that nothing can beat time. You know, I would like to focus on this more and more. Time is your enemy. Every day something changes in us. We are becoming different, different person every day. You have to be even more emotional and even more kind and sensitive to your partner. Try to catch every small difference, every small maybe change in their mood. Then you have a better chance to connect with each other. And I suppose that also means it's much better to talk on the phone or on video rather than over text because a lot of miscommunication can happen there, can't it? (laughs) Yes, yes. The best way is to talk on the video. The goal is to make your conversation as realistic as possible. So video would be number one audio calls number two and text number three. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of long distance relationships breaking up because of bad text communication. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's a lot there to think about. So what would you say, Eleanor, that you should consider before getting into a long distance relationship if somebody is thinking about it? The first and the most important thing to consider is how long it will be. So a couple would have a date. You need to know when this (laughs) journey will end. Because at first it sounds good and it sounds that you can do it, but the longer you are in the relationship, the more questions and more doubts come to your mind. So if you have the date when this torture is going to (laughs) end, it's going to help you for sure. So before your partner leaves, two of you need to sit and think, okay, so you have a new job in this state. Let's say you're going to work there for six months. And then in six months, if you decided to stay, then I will come and we're going to live together in this new state. Or maybe in six months, you're going to move back no matter what. You have to have a plan. You need to know the end of your long-distance relationship. It's not the end of your long-distance relationship. It's the beginning of your relationship on a new level. Mm -hmm. So you need to know the end date of this experience. Just occurring to me when I listen to you talking about that is, what do you do if you are kind of pushing for that, but your partner seems hesitant to make that commitment of when are we going to be in person? Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) You need to accept the reality. If your partner is not ready, unfortunately, he is not ready or she is not ready. You don't need to push. You don't need to manipulate. But you need to be open with your partner and say, listen, I like you a lot or I love you. I would like to be with you. I really enjoy every time when I talk to you, when I see you through the video. But it's important for me to know when are going to be the day that we're going to see each other. I need to know the specific day. I need to know our plans because otherwise I can't be in this relationship. I love you. I want to be with you. But for me, it's important to know when we're going to meet each other. I want us to have plans. And if you're not ready, I appreciate your decision. Just be honest with me. Mm -hmm. And because people are afraid of hearing that the person is not ready, they're going to keep pushing and it's only going to make 
them suffer more. It sounds like long distance relationships are lonely enough without you kind of being in it on your own and the other person not particularly seeming that they're that committed to you. Yes, yes. So if you see that the person is not committing, then it's hard, but you have to accept that it is what it is. It's not because he's bad. It's not because you did something wrong. It's just distance and time. And time and distance makes us different people. And so what can all of us learn from long distance relationships about love and about relationships in general? What can we take from this? Relationships in general are not easy. If you want to have a healthy, loving relationship, you need to be present in your partner's life. And this is what we can learn from a long distance relationship that Spending quality time together, being attentive to each other is one of the foundation of love. If you see your partner in a bad mood, no matter if you talk to him on the phone or in a real life, give your partner a space. Don't push him. And try to spend more time together to know your partner. And when I say spend more time together, even talking on the phone, ask questions, learn more about your partner. Try to see who your partner really is instead of creating an image of an ideal person in your head. Unfortunately, long-distance relationship something that brings more pain than happiness to most couple not to all couple of course and if you are a couple who are going through this stage right now i would like to wish you all the best i'm here to support you i hope that this podcast helps to get some insight about your relationship and some ideas what can you do better and hopefully you're gonna plan the day when you're gonna meet But I want you to remember that love is not about pain. Love is not about struggles. Love is about being happy and experience this amazing, beautiful life together, holding each other, hugging each other, kissing each other, being present in each other's life. So love is all about joy and happiness. This push towards seeking joy and happiness of Eleanor's offered a welcome mindset shift away from the traditional idea so often instilled in us of needing to overcome pain to cultivate true love. As always, I want to hear from you. What do you think has informed your dating choices in the past? And how far away would be too far for you when it comes to love? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. Special thanks to my guest, Eleanor Semenek, whose links will be in the show notes. Also to Joshua Holland and Sam Robinson for technical support and to the manager of AMI, Andy Frank. Leave me your feedback at feedback at ami.ca. And if you liked what you heard, make sure to search for Into You on your favourite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first Thursday of every month. It'll be worth the wait. I promise. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.